Welcome everyone to the Groot Podcast, episode number one of our second season. My name is Paul McWhorter, and I'm documenting my journey toward my master's degree in theological studies and talking about how Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, gives us new life when we believe in him. Welcome back to a new season of Groot Podcast. I took an unintentional break this summer because our house was full of guests rotating in and out for a few months and we're just getting settled back in for the fall. And I was contemplating what I wanted to do with a new season of podcasts. Should I continue discussing what I'm learning at university or should I shift my focus to more outreach? And as I'm praying about this, I've just, I felt the spirit tell me to just talk about Jesus and it didn't matter whether it was school related or not, but just talk about Jesus. So as the spirit guides me, I'll just be talking about what I'm learning in school or in life, whatever, and about Jesus. And that seems like a pretty good plan to me. Originally, I had wanted to do a podcast on Bible translations, but thinking I should lead with something different, I felt it was still necessary. One of the most important lessons I've learned in both school and life recently is the need to be in God's Word. If we're going to be in God's Word, then we should find a translation that encourages us to read. More important than what and how we read is why we read. And we read because Jesus told us to. For years, John chapter 15 was not my favorite chapter. Even though the book of John is my favorite, this chapter just never seemed to do it for me. I can't say exactly why either. It just felt repetitive and monotonous. And that sounds awful because these are Jesus's words, some of his last words to his disciples. And one of the things I've learned from my classes is the importance of understanding context and recognizing repetitive statements. And when a Bible author or a speaker repeats the same phrases or ideas several times, like in John chapter 15, it means that they're showing the reader or the hearer that what is being said is really, really important. Let's look at what happens before and after this chapter. So in John chapter 13, Jesus and the disciples have just finished the Last Supper. And Jesus washes the disciples' feet saying, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. And then Jesus predicts his betrayal by Judas and Peter's denial. And in John chapter 14, Jesus encourages them to trust in God. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then Jesus promises to send the Spirit to lead them into all truth. And then they seem to, to leave the upper room and either heading to the garden or after they get there, Jesus speaks to them. And this is John chapter 15. So in, G in chapters 13 and 14, and then in 16, Jesus speaks to them very directly. But in 15, he speaks in more metaphors, saying, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener, and I am the vine, and you are the branches. Here's Jesus walking toward his arrest and eventual death, and he's imparting his last words to his friends. And Jesus is being repetitive in John 15 because now, in these final moments, he wants to stress the importance of this idea that we must remain or abide in Jesus and that he will in turn abide in us. He says this in verses 4 through 7 and then again in 9 and 10. 
So like me, you're probably saying, okay, but how do I remain in Jesus and and how does he remain in me? And Jesus tells us in verse 7, and what John himself alludes to at the beginning of his book, Jesus says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Jesus is the word of God who became flesh and died for us. Part of remaining in Jesus is being in his word. And then he remains in us through his spirit, who he talked about in chapters 14, and then it follows up in chapter 16. And what I'm not saying is that if we aren't in God's word, the spirit is not in us. That's not what I'm saying. For believers, the spirit is always with us. In the good and the bad seasons, God never abandons us, but patiently waits alongside us to help us up when we stumble or fall. What I am saying is that the more we are in Jesus, in his word, being obedient and faithful to his commands, the more connected and in tune we are with the spirit who is in us. Okay, so Jesus wants us to be in his word, remaining in him. What else? Jesus follows that in verse 8 when he says, we bring glory to the Father when we produce much fruit. So how do we produce fruit? In verses 10 through 13, Jesus says, If we obey his commands, then we remain in his love. And then he says, This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. This is it. The whole Bible summarized in one chapter, God is the source of our life. Without him, we wither and die. And in him, we have life when we remain in him being in his word, being obedient and faithful, and then we produce fruit which glorifies him, and we glorify God by loving one another and continuing in his word. If we don't remain in Jesus, then we can't produce fruit that glorifies God, and if we aren't loving people, we aren't glorifying God. So how do we remain in Jesus? The big one is being in God's word. The Bible is not just a collection of stories, a book we turn to for answers when we want them, or memory verses that give us a little pep in our day. The Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is God speaking to us, encouraging us, teaching us, rebuking us, guiding us through our life and our walk with Him. Like John chapter 15, not my favorite, but it has become a favorite now because God has helped me understand the context and the meaning of it. And this happens to every Christian, no matter how many times you read God's word, he is always showing us something new. It's an amazing collection of books. It's shallow enough for even the beginner to read and understand. And yet it's deep enough for even the most seasoned scholar to dive into. Some books are easy to read and understand, and others can be a struggle. But the more you read, the more you understand. And even those boring passages or the passages that just don't make any sense, they begin to take a life and express meaning to us. And that's great. That's great. But which Bible should you read? Fortunately for us, we have a lot to choose from. And yes, it may seem daunting, but we all read and learn and understand things differently. We have the luxury of having several different translations to choose from so that we can find one that encourages us to read. And as lovely as Old English King James is, 
it might not make sense or be easy for some people to read. Bible translations fall into and variably in between three categories of translations. You have the literal or the word-for-word translations, and these are translations like the New American Standard, the English Standard, the Amplified Bible, and the King James Version. These translations uh, kind of seek to give the best literal translation from Hebrew and Greek into English. But we know that translating one language into another is not always a one-to-one translation because there are words and or meanings of words that don't translate very well from Hebrew and Greek into English. So we have the thought-for-thought translations, like the New Revised Standard, uh, the New American, and the New International Version. When the literal translation may not come across well, they give us a more contextual translation so we understand what the original writers meant by what they were saying. Finally, we have the paraphrase group, like the New Living Translation, the Contemporary English, or the Message. And these attempt to translate the Bible into a more modern vernacular. So I asked my dad, I said, what's the best translation of the Bible? And he says, the best translation is the one you read. And as always, I encourage you to download the YouVersion Bible app. And in this, you can switch between all these different translations and even compare side-by-side different translations and find the one that you can read. Find the one that makes it easy for you, right? That encourages you to read. Uh, Me, I've always been partial to the new international version uh, as it kind of falls in the middle with the thought for thought translations. For general reading, I sometimes prefer the New Living Translation uh, because it's more contextual with some paraphrasing. Uh, But for studying, uh, I've found uh, that the New American Standard and the Amplified Bible Uh, are the best for more detail and seeing what the writers wrote and and interpreting scripture. Again, it's important for us to read God's word because by doing so, we remain in Christ Jesus, following him and producing fruit in our lives that glorifies God. But we have the option to choose which translation speaks to us most clearly. And just a few generations ago, they were lucky to have one translation in English to choose from or purchase And today, some people can't have access to a Bible without fear of imprisonment or death. So don't take for granted the freedom that we have to explore God's Word. Read it, follow it, and the Spirit will guide you every day of your life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this has encouraged you and challenged you. I pray that you will have an encounter with God today, whenever and wherever you hear this. And I pray that God will move in your life and you will respond to Him. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.